No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. As always, I'm going to give you a little more clarification on where we're at in the story. I am now in year four of my relationship with Ben and approaching our one year wedding anniversary. Deanna is in year two of her on and off again relationship with him and Avery is just in year one. Sydney is keeping all of Ben's mounting lies for him as she's staying in hotels with us when I'm in town. Athena and Chris are now married and they're noticing that Ben is getting flakier by the minute when it comes to the parenting plan and that Sydney is showing some serious behavioral issues. On with the story, Season 1, Episode 26, Hot Lava. Every time I thought my heart couldn't get any more broken, it did. Driving home that day, battered and bruised, I sobbed uncontrollably for hours until I arrived in Portland. I was so blindsided and felt so incredibly betrayed by the one man who I was supposed to trust the most. And to hear another woman call my husband her boyfriend felt like somebody reached in, grabbed my heart, and ripped it out of my chest with their bare hands. Why was this happening to me? What could I have possibly done to deserve any of this? I was so ashamed of myself for putting up with everything Ben had put me through for the last four years that I didn't mumble a word to anybody about the Avery situation. When I got to Portland, I just made a beeline to my bedroom. My dog Boogie was there to greet me as usual, and I just latched onto him like a baby does with her favorite blankie. All I wanted to do was just go to sleep and hope that this was all a bad dream. But before I did, I made sure to block Ben from texting or calling me. He was the last person I ever wanted to hear from ever again. You're like middle finger, middle finger to you, Ben, and I'm out. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And you you just knew, like you said in the last chapter, like you, there was nothing really left to say. His actions and everything that just transpired those that last 10-minute brawl on the ground. The fact that he yeah, tackled you. Tackled me was everything that I needed to know something that wasn't right with that situation and lot, the way she was behaving right, yeah. like it all came crashing down that the woman I spoke to on the phone was not the same person so I, at that point I didn't know who it was that I talked to but it was not Avery that wasn't just phone and cry on the way home like I was hysterical yeah I was hysterical I don't even remember seeing anything I think I was just like just flying down I-5 by morning I, of course, couldn't resist taking a peek at my email. In a weird way, I grew addicted to Ben begging for me back. The love bombing was next level. It fed my soul, and I was powerless to stop it. 
As expected, my email was flooded with messages from Ben. He swore up and down that Avery was a psycho stalker and none of what she was saying was true. He would say, Amber, you even saw that I was with my mom and not her like she said. She was lying. Can't you see that? Let's take a minute to catch up with what was happening on Avery's side of things. Do you remember how she was able to get it out of Ben that he was actually married to you? I do not know. I don't okay. know. It must've been a big fight where she's I, just like, tell I me motherfucker, so. I'm out. I think, I, think I don't care if you are, just be honest. Yeah. I think it probably was, it just kind of stuck in her head and she couldn't let it go. And she probably well, really took yeah, that and wedding certificate serious and was like, clearly, look at this. And he had no choice. She probably backed him. It's public board. record. I mean, she could have looked in Oregon, you know, it was, it was, but I think probably a combination of her friends going, uh, girl, <laughs> You know what I mean? And then of course me being me, I mean, or any woman, you start posting more pictures of your husband and yourself. Oh, so sure. I'm like, here's the love of my life. Not, yeah, you're like, I fucking hate him, but you better fucking be hate looking, him, but I'm be gonna, looking me up at just, yes, exactly. So I'm yeah. posting more and more pictures. And so I'm sure that she was like, what the fuck? Like, oh, yeah. if this is your cousin, it sure as hell doesn't look like a cousin. So I think what he did was he did the whole, um, we got an old. It was a toxic relationship and I'm a horrible person and um, that he just, we were married for like one month and then it was over and that yes. I just can't let it go though. I'm obsessed with him. I know. Yeah. So, so he's starting to paint the picture that I'm the bad person, just like he did with you when I came mm-hmm. on the scene. So Avery, I'm sure right off the Isn't bat, it grand? Oh, it's, it's so great. It's a, it's a, it's a ride. I mean, definitely it's really- a- a crazy, crazy ride. <laughs> right. So she's basically the new me because she's coming on board. And like I said, yeah. when I first met him, he plays himself off as a victim. And Always. so all of a sudden you feel like it's your job to protect him because he's not protecting himself. Yes. So I think Avery kind of stepped into those yes. tiger shoes. Very good. Like Absolutely. Wanting to protect him from me because yeah. I'm the psycho. Crazy yes. Ex. Yeah. And he's very good at painting the crazy town, you know, image in the new woman's head of the ex-wife or the ex-girlfriend. It's like, whoa, she's horrible. Oh my gosh. Both exes are the devil. So now I'm the new you basically. And I'm terrible. So I'm so glad to be out of that. I mean, I'm still in it, but I'm so glad to like have a partner. (laughs) (laughs) Right. In in the ex-wife's club. I mean, I almost seem worse. Like We'll get to the part about the dart throwing, but <laughs> I was like the devil too. Yeah. Well, I was a child beater. Remember I used to go clubbing. Oh, you used to kick her. And when Sydney right. tried to call up my leg, I'd kick her off me. Yeah, that's like, right. Really? Like how, how do you come up with this shit? It's the best. So, yeah. I forgot anyways. about that. He told her that he was scared for his safety <laughs> and that he came home and I was so volatile and angry. Like, I feel like he made it out like I beat him up or something like every day and we never laid hands on each other no he deserved to be zip tied and thrown in a closet but yeah but never happened I screamed I put taggered out but I never hit the dude Um, did you ever have a dartboard in your home Amber I think everybody's gonna want to know that that, yeah uh, answer so (laughs) no no dartboards but he would tell Avery that he was scared he'd be scared for his safety because I, he came home one day and I was throwing darts at his picture mm. on the wall. 
I mean, that sounds brilliant. I would love to do that sometime, but I didn't. So when it all was said and done, obviously she's blindsided going, wait, I've been dating this guy since the summer. It's now February. It's like over six months. And you told me this ex-wife is gone. She lives in Oregon. Why is she calling and telling me that you're married still? So he basically Full circle. Yes. So he basically um, tells her that he's going to go file a restraining order on me because I'm yes. psycho and stalking him. So she yes. feels rest assured that. Yeah. yeah. Except the next day he went to Hawaii with Deanna. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. So he told so he shady. told me he was on a business trip. And I love you, Amber. So literally, he's playing us both. So Avery has oh, yeah. no idea. Now, back to my story. Ben told me he was flying to Hawaii for a short business trip, claiming they were opening a new satellite office there. He reassured me that when he got back on Tuesday morning, he would be going straight to the King County Courthouse to file a restraining order on Avery, saying, You're more than welcome to come Tuesday morning if you want. I'm ending this psycho shit for good. I still couldn't get the image that Avery posted out of my head, though. And over the next couple of days, Ben would send messages that would say, I don't like being here without you. I may try to leave early if I can. I already miss you so much. I already started looking at homes in Portland last night. So So did you respond to any of the emails that he sent you that next morning? Yeah, I I started to hear him out. And I wrote a couple of them of like what he was saying. He was like, don't don't you think it's crazy, Amber? And he was stuck on the fact that when I FaceTimed him, he was not with her. And she specifically said that I was. So that created doubt in my head. So then I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe he's got a point. I'll hear him out. Then he starts with a, like, I just want, I can't concentrate, eat, sleep. I hate being here without you. I feel like you're going to leave me listening to what you're saying. Now I feel even more sick to my stomach. Now I wish you wouldn't let some psycho stalker do this to us. I'm filing Tuesday regardless. I don't care about what's happening here for work. I'm going to try to fly out today. So he's a D. Yeah. So those, that was during that same time. That's that weekend. Yeah. What I nor Avery knew was that Ben was actually in Hawaii with Deanna as her date to a friend's wedding. And let's not forget, he allegedly had cancer, yet he's tackling me to the ground in a wrestling match for my phone, carrying on two affairs, going to work regularly, and even celebrating in Hawaii. I knew it was time to check out of this relationship a long time ago, but I couldn't let go and hadn't made peace with not being able to have children. I was already 41 years old at this point, and my utter desperateness guided me into making very poor decisions. And the worst being taking him back. I finally made peace in my little brain that I wasn't going to be a mother in the normal way. And that if I wanted to be a mom at all, and that's what one of the doctors told me. He's like, do you want to be a mother? What does that mean to you? Because being a mother is different than just birthing a child. People who adopt, they are just as much of a mother as someone who births yeah. a child. Sometimes us mothers don't even like our genetically born children. I mean, it happens. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. And after Bradley's death, death, I kind of was like learning about your soul and that oh. the soul that was supposed to be meant for you would yes. have came through whatever vehicle it needed to be. Oh. Whether you adopted a I baby, it would be the same soul that was always meant for you, whether it was going to be something you birthed yourself or adopted or an egg donor 
or foster children or whatever it was. And genetically, you would have just made yes. a shell for the, so I, the real my, soul. Yeah. yeah. I'd love, I don't I've think, never heard that. I'd love yeah. that. And I don't think yeah. I would have been able to move forward with an egg donor had Bradley not passed away and me kind of soul searching. It was such mm-hmm. a huge, like, enlightenment kind of moment. But I finally yeah. was like, agreed. I do want to be a mother. Do you have tears in your eyes? I, I do. Them. I'm trying not to cry about it. Because I, I, I cried know. every episode. <laughs> you're going to make me oh. cry. And you're right. It doesn't matter if your blood type didn't match theirs. That's why these chapters are really hard because I, I, ugh, I remember like going through the egg donor and like you have to find someone who looks like you. And I remember you just feel like no one looks like me. Like it, you can't even there's just no one there's no there's no other you no <laughs> and so you, you you want so desperately to find someone that looks really similar so that the baby would have a chance of kind of looking like me and it's so devastating because you're like I can do this I can do this but then you're going through this these all these women who are generous enough to give me their egg and I'm like no no and I'm like going down the list and it was so hard and I would send pictures to to Ben and do you ever hear the thing, the saying about how beautiful women can make some really ugly babies? Yes. <laughs> yes. I would have been going through it going, oh, she is fugly. I want her. She's going to make a beautiful baby. I remember also feeling so stupid and pathetic for still living part-time with my parents. It had been a year since my mom came and moved me back to Oregon. Their house is very small, and I felt like me and Boogie were a burden on them. I just wanted to move out and get my own place and get on with my life at this point. When Ben came home from Hawaii, he was on a mission to make things right. He went to the courthouse and filed for a restraining order on Avery, sent me multiple homes that were for rent, and we both signed up with several egg donor agencies to begin the process of having a baby. I was cautiously moving forward and praying to God that this would get squared away. But I kept my eye on Avery's every move on social media. I explicitly told Ben that if I see or hear one more thing from that woman, it's over. And to make myself even more clear, I demanded he download an app that would track where he was at all times so I could see where he was, and more importantly, who he was with, especially while I was in Portland. Growing up in the Pacific Northwest, we all know that by the time November arrives, the doom and gloom weather is in full effect. I wasn't sure back then if that was why Sydney seemed even more depressed and detached from everyone. Ben and I decided to take her off her ADHD medication back in June because we thought that it might have been the reason she was acting so off and unlike her talkative, full of energy self. But after a few months of being off her medication, we saw that nothing had changed. So I decided my focus for the year would be trying to figure out what was going on with Sydney and to get an updated diagnosis and new medication if needed. I remember the southern states were experiencing incredible amounts of rainfall and back-to-back storms. The news was following the devastation in Texas and the other nearby states at the time. This is when I started to notice Sydney's lack of empathy and sympathy. I remember looking at Sydney and noticing that she had no reaction whatsoever. Her lack of empathy, social cues, and behavior made me wonder if she was displaying signs of autism, possibly. What did Ben think? Was he acting weird? Um, because I remember he would come home and say, "Oh my gosh, talking a lot." Tina's trying to diagnose Sydney, and she just wants to drug her up, Amber, because she doesn't want to be a mom to her. Oh, so here's the thing. He was like, "Yeah." Once she got off the meds, he was like, we need to put her back on. In the past, be like, oh my God, she's not on her medication. How dare you? 
Like, does she take it? She's acting crazy. And I'm like, which is it, dude? These people are crying on the TV and their grandparent or their father or somebody had been swept away and drowned. And she's like looking at it. And then I get nervous, like, okay, maybe you should be watching this. And she's like, why? Why? Like nothing. Like nothing. And then I just say, well, does that make you sad? I don't want to give you, I don't want you to have bad dreams, sweetie. And like, I don't want you to feel sad or bad. And this might be too grown up for you. And she's like, I don't care. I said, you don't care that this person died? She goes, no, I don't know them. I said, okay, that's very true. You don't know them. She goes, so why would I be sad if I don't know them? Hmm. I'm like, okay. It's different. Was, but she used to be way more emotional. She started not making eye contact with me and a lot of oh. people. She started yeah. not answering questions, not wanting oh, yeah. to just carry on a conversation and just being really odd and awkward and just focusing on things and items and collecting. She just detached herself personally from contact with people. And those are a lot of characteristics of autism. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned that being clingy thing. And I remember that. Like, she wouldn't walk five feet in front of me. Like, I had mm -hmm. to, like, she wouldn't even go play on the jungle gym unless I was on there with her. She wouldn't go up to anything by herself. It was weird. It was, it was strange. Really weird. It was total anxiety and... I don't think she trusted herself to make any decisions because she was constantly being told what to do, how to act, what to say, what to not say. Mm -hmm. I don't think she could just naturally grow into who she needed to be. And that was the other thing she was doing. She was being a chameleon. She was copying other people on TV, their phrases, their words, their, mm -hmm. the way they would talk. Like it was, it was very strange. She, I don't know. Couldn't keep friends. There was a lot of social behavioral issues. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of um, social, she didn't pick up on social cues whatsoever. Well, now I kind of get it. Like if you could never learn them on your own, you're already be, always being told what to do and say and how to act. It would be hard to know, to learn that on your own. Although I knew Sydney was affected by the turmoil between her father and I, I also knew that there was more going on. That's when I decided to look into mental health disorders found in children her age to see if there was a correlation with Sydney's behavior. While researching autism in young females, I most definitely recognized that a lot of Sydney's behaviors matched. I got Sydney on the six month wait list for the UW Center of Autism and awaited their call. Sydney finally got in about four months later and that's when the extensive paperwork began before we started the three weeks of multiple doctor appointments to have her evaluated. Sydney's psychologist specifically stated that all four parents needed to be involved in this process if we wanted the best outcomes. I took Sydney to the first two weeks of appointments in Seattle and Ben knew that he and Amber needed to be present for the last two appointments during the third week. The night before and the morning of Sydney's doctor appointment, I sent Ben a reminder so that he wouldn't worm his way out of bringing Amber. But of course, Ben showed up without his girlfriend and once again downplayed the relationship and told me that he tried to get her to come, but she was unable to make it because of work. Ben and I walked into the medical center and we met with Cindy's doctor. She brought us into a private room and she asked Ben multiple questions, similar to the ones that she had already gone over with me. Before we left, the doctor turned towards Ben and she reiterated how important it was that Amber be present for the next and final appointment that week. Ben reassured her that his fiance Amber would absolutely be there and then we left. I just really wanted them because I wanted that intensive, extensive, like thorough evaluation done on her because she had so many different issues. 
I just right. really wanted a specialty doctor. I got her into counseling and I remember she got over on them lying about stuff. I remember thinking back to what she was telling the counselor. I'm only acting like this. I only feel sad or anxious because my dad says that my mom needs to spend more time with me. Oh yeah. My dad says say that. She want, and Or she'd say stuff like, I just want her to take me to the mall. Like maybe we could spend more one time shopping. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, counselor lady. So I'd come back yeah. in the room and she'd say it. And then I, and, and then even in the initial paperwork, cause we'd seen another counselor before I said, before we move further with this, I want you to know, I have a date with her once a week. I ask her to cook dinner with me every day or spend time with me or sit up at the counter and to hang out with me before that everybody else gets home. So we're alone every day I have her. In addition to the one date a week I have where we go out and go on a date. I said, I don't even do that with my husband or my other children. <laughs> I said, she shoots me down and says, no, the only time she wants to be with me is after 10 p.m. at night when it's time to go to bed or when her friends are mad at her. I said, so I don't need another diagnosis of you need to spend more time, right. independent time with your child. And, I'm, I, and I, I got so frustrated. And so I probably came across rude, but I was just like, move past that. And please dig deeper with it. There's something else. Yeah. Do your yeah. job. Do you think he was worried he was going to get found out? Like if she would divulge his secrets for him because you were all of a sudden like wanting her to talk to counselors and stuff. That's a really good question. So I would think he would be nervous. I think he was prepping her. He's such a narcissist. I honestly thinking about that question you asked me. I don't know if he realized that what he was doing was impacting her as much as it was because in his mind, he's probably not doing anything wrong. I know it's sick. So, yeah. It's really sick. He has no moral compass. Yeah. No. So, um, he only finds his moral compass when he gets caught, but, but is it real point, or an act? Uh, it's an act. hundred percent. For because sure. He goes right back to it within hours. <sighs> I knew it was going to be awkward being around you. Mm -hmm. So, I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I was adamant that it happened because there was this feeling in like my gut that just knew that you two were not on the same page. Oh yeah. And I just felt like if we were all in the same room, that maybe I could figure out what exactly that was at that point. Um, so I told him, do what's right. I know you're engaged. I know you're gonna be together. And if we want any chance, she has to be there. We all have to four be on the same page. And then the doctor reiterated that. While Ben was giving Athena excuses for why I wasn't at the doctor appointment, he was busy signing paperwork on a cute little rental home in Oregon with me. I remember Sydney giving me the tour on FaceTime. Yes. She was so happy. And you know what she used to do all the time? Um, ben would sleep in and sometimes you'd be in the room doing stuff or just out and about, but she'd sneak out of <laughs> the room and she'd want to show me the whole place. Oh. And then she'd go around, she goes, yeah, cute. She goes, here's Boogie. And she'd show me Boogie and then she'd go out to the little back patio. And she's like, look at our little back patio. Yeah, so I knew your house was like. I loved the house. I It was the cutest neighborhood. It was bumpy though to, to actually get the house. And I, I remember just like, what in the hell? We got tonight on our application. I his credit? It must have been his credit. Okay, this guy makes six figures. He's got a great job. 
He has 21 million sitting, it's like sitting there flagged in the bank, it's just we can't access it yet. So I was so embarrassed when she's like, I'm sorry, but I can't rent to you. And I'm like, ah, oh, hold on, let me take care of this. And he so didn't... did she accept the one that he forwarded to her? Yes. That is not smart. So no, I said, let me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I said, let me see what's going on. That's really strange. And he's like, don't worry. Let me forward you my, my real background check. This is the one that my company runs and it's legit. And this is the company that we always use for all of our candidates. It's like a really good background check place. So I forwarded what he gave me to her and we got accepted. While we waited on our move-in date, I stayed up in Seattle and took the week off of work to spend it with Sydney during her school spring break. I expected that Ben would also take the time off, but he didn't, so me and Sydney had fun anyways. From days at the Mihalpolitan Coffee House, petting the kitties for adoption to playdates with her bestie, and fun at Bullwinkle's Family Fun Center. Sydney's little brother's birthday was also that same week, so after Ben picked her up at her mom's house, she barreled up the stairs to greet me at the townhouse, and the first thing out of her mouth was, Amber, have you ever been cheated on? No, baby, why would you ask that, I said. She just shrugged her shoulders and said, I don't know, I was just wondering. But that set the alarms off in my mind, again. Does she know something that I'm not aware of? And I remember just like my heart just clenched because the whole everything that had just happened. And I'm like, why? Why would you say that? No. Does she know something? She did know something. Well, during that time, she kept asking me about her, me cheating or her dad cheating. She kept coming home and asking me for more specifics. And I kept saying, why? Why do you keep asking me for more stuff? Like, Your dad and I are divorced. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what happened in the past. Like we've moved on. And then she's like, but... It's because you cheated, right? And I'm like, no, honey, you know, he's the one that cheated because when we first got divorced, she was young. I guess, I don't know why I expected her to remember, but she lived and breathed the heartbreak, the tears, him begging us back and please be a family with us. She's in all the photos like, please, and the this and that, and Sydney needs us to be like, you know what I mean? Like, so I guess I kind of assumed that she would have remembered it. Like, how is this happening? It's just so unjust. It's just so. Yeah mind-blowing there's no and it's so hurtful yeah i wonder if she in some way wanted for you to normalize cheating because if her mom cheated too because she saw that her dad was cheating on me and so i wonder because she saw him with diana she saw him with avery she met jordan she's met multiple women at this point and she's probably confused like you know what i mean and then when daddy's telling her that mommy cheated too i wonder if she kind of wanted you to reiterate that what he was telling her was true like that that's normal that's what people do like it's just you know what I mean and you know the yeah and you're right and the thing is the the good thing is I think the fact that she wanted to know if it was normal or not normal because she obviously must have known that it wasn't because she stirred oh, the totally. pot with both of us she was like trying to give us hints without betraying him Chris and I pulled into the parking lot of the autism center for Sydney's final appointment We saw Ben pulling in right after us. He got out of his car and said that Amber was on her way and that they had to drive separately. We all walked into the front office together. I couldn't help but be excited to hear what the doctor had to say. I was beyond ready to get Sydney all of the help she needed and hoped to see a happier little girl in the very near future. Sydney's doctor emerged and welcomed us back into her office to go over the findings. 
She looked at Ben and asked where Amber was. He said that Amber must be stuck in traffic and that we should just move forward without her. That's when we all sat down and we went over Sydney's results. The doctor's findings were plentiful and extremely eye-opening. She gave us a lot of information and she educated us on what we should expect to do next. We left with recommendations for the appropriate medication options along with massive amounts of educational resources and support material. I decided to call Ben out about Amber not being there once again. Ben told Chris and I that he and Amber are completely over and that there was no point of her being involved in Sydney's life whatsoever moving forward anymore. I will say that reading back over Sydney's medical diagnosis, I saw that her doctor noted some comments about how she felt there was more going on that was contributing to Sydney's behavior than what was disclosed to her. If I only knew back then what I know now, I wonder how much different Sydney and all of our lives would be. And I had messaged him the night before and the morning of saying, don't forget, this is important. He said, yes, I know. She'll be there. She'll be there. She's right here. She knows. She's coming. He just didn't want to hear me bitch about it. Chris was like, she's not coming. Yeah, totally. He's like, no way. He'll, he'll keep lying. So we get there and Chris is like, 10 bucks. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and because I was like, no, he said she's there. As much as I didn't want you to be there, I knew you had to be there. Right. If we had yeah. any hope in this. And so I just, I was pissed. I don't believe you about Amber. We don't believe you told her to be here. And whatever's going on between you two, she's still your fiance. And even though you guys might break up and get back together and break up and get back together, I don't believe that you're done for good. April came and went, and Ben still hadn't moved into our new home in Hillsboro. He said that his blood work wasn't yet in the range the doctors wanted, and it would just be a couple more weeks. We actually planned our one-year anniversary to Hawaii on the fact that he'd be done with treatment, so this was worrisome, and I was actually pondering whether we should just change the date. Avery was pretty quiet since the big blow-up fight two months prior, but as I was checking in on social media, I noticed that she posted that she was going to the big island in just a few weeks. Coincidence that she was also going to Hawaii during the same exact time me and Ben would be there for our one year anniversary? Oh, hell no. Clearly I lost my shit. This is when Ben went to King County and got his first restraining order on Avery. It was legit and I could go to the court website and see it for myself. But here's the kicker. Ben told me that now that he had the order, nobody from his family could contact Avery because then he'd get in trouble for violating it. Avery, on the other hand, had no idea he did this because she was never served with the paperwork. See how sneaky Ben is? No sooner did he get the harassment restraining order on Avery, she violated it again by posting yet another photo of herself and Ben. I was clearly on fire, fuming with anger. I wanted to reach out to that monster of a woman and give her a piece of my mind. But according to Ben, I legally couldn't. He filled out contempt paperwork to appease me and explained that the photo she posted was an old one from years ago and to check the monitoring app because I would see that he was home. Of course, when I checked, he was right. Little did I know that he had multiple phones at this point and she posted a date night with my honey picture and it's her and Ben. <gasps> oh, heck no. What the heck? Freaking. Oh, 
my god he's probably I losing his shit i wanted to puke i she remember it on purpose because she was pissed off at him he ghosted her i he sent subliminal messages through our images yes. our facebook yes. pictures don't we yes so i'm like <laughs> and i can't reach out to her anymore because i'm told i'm not allowed oh, to otherwise right. so i have to sit there and like watch this woman do this and i'm like you fucking biatch I should mention that this incident was right before our anniversary trip, so I didn't even know if I should go. And not to mention the volcano just blew up. Yep, the ironic symbolism of my life with Ben. You're probably wondering, what about Deanna? What's going on there? Well, here you go. In March of 2018, Deanna finally stopped taking any money from Ben, and by May, it was officially over for good. Ben had also moved to Oregon full-time with Amber while still attempting to juggle a relationship with Avery as well. But that didn't stop him from continuing to terrorize Deanna. With no car, he knew that it would take Deanna three buses just to get to work, so he'd go ahead and set up fake appointments that would fill her schedule. And when she showed up to work, there was no client, which meant no money. The cruelness of Ben had absolutely no boundaries. Even though the relationship was over, Ben still dangled the fact that he had some of her most cherished belongings, like Kenzie's baby photos and old seagull memorabilia. He was threatening to throw my daughter's baby pictures on the side of the highway if I didn't show up. He would go to any length to find an excuse or sob story that would get her to hear him out. From saying his dad was dying to him having cancer. And when that didn't work, he moved on to suicide threats. Hawaii was anything but special or fun. I was disgusted with Ben, and instead of celebrating our marriage, I was full of regrets. Leading up to this vacation, Ben had deactivated his social media, but with the Avery stuff, I demanded that he reactivate it and change his photo to one of me and him. I don't know, maybe look married for once? He complied, but then later I would check to see, and it would be deactivated again. Huge red flag. You know, I had asked him to put the tracking app. That was being suspicious because it kept glitching and it wasn't working. Yeah. Then he would start spelling his name weird on social media. Like his nickname is BJ for the first and the last name. And um, he would spell it like BJ. What do you say it was because of me? Yes. So he was trying to make it so he wasn't searchable. Both Deanna and Avery couldn't search his name. So oh, yeah. he would spell when it. People wrong. start doing that. That's why they do that. Duh. Yes. And so he would deactivate off and on, and he'd be like, you know what? Facebook's so over. Like, no one's using it anymore. I have no need for it anymore. So I was fine with that. But then <laughs> when this Avery stuff came along, I was like, no, you need to reactivate your account. You need to put a picture as your profile picture of you and your wife. Yes. And yes. I demanded it. And so by the time we got to Hawaii, it was a huge argument. I was like, why is this an argument we are married you are being accused of cheating by a psycho bitch and i'm simply asking you to look married that's all you know apparently that was basics basics Basics. one morning during our vacation ben said he was going to the gym while i showered but then something in my gut knew something was off i threw on my clothes and headed to the gym no ben 
I asked a man nearby if he's seen my husband. I don't know why, but for a split second, my mind thought, oh, fuck, could Avery possibly be here too? My heart was racing and I could feel my body going into a panic. Calling Ben, I demanded to know where he was. He initially said the gym, but when I told him I was there, he changed his story to say he got a call from work and had to check his email really quickly at the business center. I didn't buy his bullshit for one second. I just wanted to go home. This trip was an epic failure. Happy one-year anniversary to me. I knew that if I was looking at Avery's Facebook that she was probably also viewing mine. So I did what any other woman would do when their husband was being accused of cheating. I posted the best picture of myself that I could find of me and Ben in Hawaii having the time of our lives. Well, at least that's what I wanted her to believe. And it worked. I could tell he didn't want to take pictures too, which I knew why, because he knew I was going to post them and Avery was going to see him because I was tipped off to Avery. I'm looking at Avery's social media. She's looking at my Uh, social media. So he knew the minute he took a picture with me, he's going to see the wrath or hear the wrath of (laughs) her. So, but I forced it anyways. I was like, cheese, like, come on, let's go get this, the the surfboard picture, right? That's the one I posted when I got back. So we finished the trip. I am beyond mad. But when I get home, I post the picture. And I knew, I knew it was going to stir up shit with Avery. And so I was like, I got to look real good in this picture. So I get this cute little picture. Yeah, and he looks hot. And of course, that's what women do, right? We're like, what's the best Duh. picture I can find myself? And yeah, and yeah, you want to paint the picture that you're living a one year anniversary. Where I love him. We're so in love. Not at all no one ever no not with him anyways not him not him (laughs) so I did I posted the picture and of course I'm watching what she's doing literally within hours maybe by the next morning she posted a bouquet of flowers thank you so much Ben oh you're so sweet I got these on my door and you just blah 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 he's like oh I went and got a lie detector test like he said he would and here's my results Amber and he showed me on his phone he passed with flying colors. And then he CC'd me on an email, a follow-up email to the person that supposedly did the test. And he's like, I'm asking an official copy, like a hard copy to be mailed to my house as well so that my wife can have a copy. Of course, it never came. No, never. But it was a fake email. Yeah. I know that now because upon closer And a fake look, lie detector test. It's a fake lie detector test, fake email, fake everything. Had I looked closer back then... When he, remember when I was talking about how you can manipulate the header? Yeah, He did that. He made a typo in the Gmail. <laughs> There's no G. So it would never got sent through. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. And they asked me if I wanted to go, Amber. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I guess that's fine. And like, well, the Nike Jets flying out on Sunday morning and the game's that afternoon. And I just had this feeling in my gut, like, I don't know. I couldn't sleep. I had the biggest gut feeling something was off. So I hauled ass in my Range Rover Evoque, <laughs> my beautiful anniversary gift. I hauled ass over to our house, which is like 25, 30 minutes away. Okay. Nope. No Ben. 
And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.